Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. If you have an unobtrusive parasite attached to you or your family, how would you know it? Can people really receive phone calls from the dead? How does that work? So, welcome to the 802nd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Sorry, I was thinking about a movie uh, from the 50s that was The Dead Talk Back, uh, which I will bring up at some point in time. So today we bring you an open line show, and uh, we welcome back our favorite guest co-host and paranormal adventurer, Shane Searway. Say hello to the people, Shane. Hey, on this very hot, hot day. I'd say East Coast, but I think it's hot throughout the United States right now. Yeah, I'm well, pretty you're sure sitting so. there in a hoodie, which I can't believe my <laughs> eyes. I don't even put on my, my bow tie today because it's too bloody hot. <laughs> well, maybe I should pop on a bow tie. But, <laughs> yeah, but regardless, uh, we welcome your calls today. The number is 401-766-1240 from anywhere, or email paul at behindtheparanormal.com, or you can contact us via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Okay, so friends, let us away. Already off, right. off into the wild blue yonder when yes. it comes to questions. Let's begin with a question from Doug, and uh, Doug is from Texas. Okie doke. I so did not have a chance to edit that, so... Oh, that's fair. So, Doug from Texas writes to us, uh, I was listening to one of your past broadcasts in which you described the nine species of parasites. Paul, you mentioned that one or more of the parasites can be unobtrusive. Uh, I think it may have been the farmers. Uh, this got me to wondering... About certain people I've met over year, over the years, people that I could have sworn uh, there was just something not right about them. So my question is this: aside from obvi- obvious phenomena such as apparitions, poltergeists, hearing voices that are not psychological in nature, how does one know that he or she has a parasitical entity? Also, where does one draw the line between paranormal phenomena and magical thinking? That's actually a really great question. Yeah. Uh, thank you, and keep up the good work. So for the first question, how do you tell Shane? You want to take that one? I know you you haven't seen these in advance, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so the question was, how do you know if 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 um if you have a parasite if it's unobtrusive? Um, yeah. So there's mo- most of the time the parasites will uh, you know out themselves. They, they will because re- they want a reaction out of you, so they're going to do things to stimulate certain emotional. Reactions. Um, that's that's their ultimate goal. So it, it's it's not as common for them to be you know unsuspicious. You know, or they're not or unobtrusive. So, uh, but th- but there are cases, and actually, I'm seeing a huge spike in that right now, where um, a lot of people. I'm getting a, a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails lately. Just all of a sudden, over the last couple months, where people are describing this, they they um, not so much so much paranormal activity. But they know they have there's something feeding off of them, um, so they get the lower energy level. Um, nothing's going right in their life. Um, they're having weird thoughts, and and strangely enough, a lot of these also claim that they've they've um, noticed this once they um, were diagnosed with a with an intestinal parasite. Now all of a sudden they think you know, so it's very very odd. But a lot of times. Um, I think a lot of it is just kind of like um, them trying to self-diagnose. Because if you if you YouTube um, or look up parasitic entity, you're going to get videos on intestinal parasites, 
And now there's also videos of people, these people that uh, claim that if you get an intestinal parasite, you may attract a, a, a parasitic entity as well. And so these people, I think, are, are running across these videos and self-diagnosing improperly. And they yeah, there's some sort of placebo effect yes, there. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think I just ran with that one, but uh, no, no. So no. yes, um, but yeah. So the the one that are unobtrusive, I think, are, are less common, but it, it it does happen definitely. Um, and, and usually the most common thing is, like I said, um, mood changes, uh, low energy, things like that. Um, but Definitely never um, self-diagnose. You, you need, need help. Yeah. Well, one of the things with the farmers and the, uh, of these different species, that's all going to be in the book that's coming out next month, uh, Dancing Past the Graveyard, and we've mentioned it a lot of times. But what they're so, so the middle grade, they kind of run from the wise, and wise in the sense of their own species, not anything that's good for us, uh, very, very um, sophisticated beings all the way down to the brats who are two-dimensional thinkers and act like children and all. And uh, whether these are from the same, uh, as we talk about parallel worlds, whether these parasites are often the same, I doubt it. But regarding the farmers, they will very often attach themselves to families, at least in our experience, where they are already being fed by by what's going on in the family. And uh, they, they probably have to do the least to push buttons mm. uh, they just take advantage of kind of the mess that's already there so that, that's with that so uh, I've noticed that uh, particularly I remember one one particular time I was on a TV show and one of the other guests was this uh, psychic medium and uh, you, I could just t- there were three parasites att- you know you hang around with these things long for enough years you can recognize their presence mm-hmm. they have a very strong uh, even electromagnetic presence and you know what what, what what do I do I say oh I'm sorry you have three parasites attached to you she wouldn't even know what I was talking about and we use the term parasites and people will think of um, you know uh, what's uh, uh, herman, um, hermentology the study of parasitic worms and uh, her, whatever but I mean that, that's not what we're talking about we're talking about actual life forms uh, from the multiverse so to speak that uh, we uh, in our limited understanding have put the term We've applied the label demons to them. You know, they fill the bill, but they're not theologically the same thing as what you know we thought we were dealing with when I was in the seminary and all this. So um, there, there are there are levels to this, and there there are uh, innuendos and various shades of, of this thing. But how would you tell? Um, it is a difficult process without any help, and as Shane mentioned, that you should get help. But the question is, from whom do you get help? Yeah, exactly. I mean, for example, there was a, you yourself were asking me, do I know anybody in Ontario who could help a certain person who contacted you who was in trouble with a presumably a, a negative situation, if that's what it was? And I, I don't know. I have a lot of relatives in Ontario, but none of them are in this field. <laughs> I, I don't really know. Right. Um, there, there is a fellow in Ottawa, or Toronto. He's in Toronto. So I need to know where this woman lives, if, whether he'd be in reach. Yeah, I'll find uh, out. He's a, a clinical psychologist who works in this field. I, I don't know him very well. He's been on the show. But I don't know. I'm very hesitant to turn people over to people we don't know. Yeah, I'm the same way. I have, um, you know, I help people all around the world, and I, and I can get rid of their parasites just by a phone call or emails when they listen. But the, the problem with this lady is 
she's doing a lot of self-diagnosing, and it's yeah. frustrating because she thinks she's got it all figured out, and she's not really listening. So in order to to fix her situation, she needs to listen and apply what I tell her. Absolutely. But yeah. she's kind of in a frantic stage, so I, I felt like, you know, if I could get somebody there, because I certainly can't go there. I'm so busy. I got so much work on all ends and I can't get to everybody yeah. and so but there's no one there's not anyone I trust you know to, to, yeah. to you know except for obviously you guys and um, our friend Tom Spitaleri I just turned him onto a case uh, in Concord New Hampshire because I couldn't get to that guy and you live in New Hampshire and we're talking about Ontario Canada yeah, here, and which I'm is so not ridiculously far away but it's far enough to and funny enough Tom had helped this gentleman years ago too no kidding. In, in Massachusetts, and now oh. he lives in New Hampshire. And oh, right, right, right. So it's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not a lot of people that. In, but this this one in, um, yeah, Ontario. I just unfortunately I can't get yeah. to him. So and there's not a lot of people that I trust. Because uh, this other fellow just came to, came to mind because I'm I'm uploading all ancient shows and stuff, and uh, I, I had forgotten him until now. I'll, I'll check out and get back to him. Right, cool. Okay. All right. Okay, so, but as far as how to tell, uh, I think the best way is not to try and tell. I think the best way is to take steps to avoid being their dinner in the first place. In other words, uh, our advice is always, we call it the Peter Pan theory, which is think happy thoughts, uh, keep love in your home, keep positive energy in your home, and that that repels them and will cut off the food supply. And even if it's farmers that may have followed your family for generations, mm -hmm. uh, they, they'll go somewhere else where the pastures are greener. I think it might be, it's just that simple. Ben, what do you think? Uh, I think a lot of things. Um, yes, you do. I think there's, there was a really interesting portion of the question where, where um, uh, Doug over here brought up you know, magical thinking, right? Mm. So that's a that's a fun a fun term, basically for you know you have an issue going on in your life, and um, you know you, you so you, it's like okay, there's no there's no quote unquote logical reason for why something like this is happening, so it's got to be something paranormal, mm. like uh, or seemingly logical, right? So you know someone just has a has a run of bad luck, you know bills pile up, lose their job. All sorts of stuff, and they're like, "It's got to, got to be some, some, you know, parasitic mm -hmm. entity that's ruining my life. It's yeah. like out to get me." Lemister, that lady on Lemister. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. It's Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. No, yeah. it's oh no, it's fine because it's it, it, it's something that happens, and it's yeah. it's uh, you know I may, maybe that's the case, but I think I think really there's there's some things that that you know are going on in our our culture and our world. You know, I read a really fascinating st statistic when I was I was looking at LinkedIn, and there was something from Business Insider that showed that America is actually, uh, out of all the countries in the world, is the fifth most stressed out. Hmm. The, about good grief, who's the first? Uh, Japan. Oh yeah, okay, I, I can see that. Yeah. Japan is 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 number one, but we're number five, which is horrible <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> think, just think of how many countries there are in the world yeah right and the the two major issues um, well one was money that fi financial worries was number one and number two was um, basically just I forgot what number two was but number one was money uh, I think the second one was was personal relationships hmm. but um it's it's super interesting because it just makes me think of s social engineering right? 
So, I mean, we have all these gadgets and stuff, uh, social media, you know, the economic climate, um, which is, is getting better, but, you know, the, the ripple effects from the 2008, you know, recession are still there, you know. Um, then, you know, my, ge- like my generation specifically is still struggling because uh, the medium income for anyone ages 21 to 36 is roughly... Thirty thousand dollars a year. Jeez, which how do you is, live on that? You don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and that's the se- fun fact. In 1972, that was the median income of the same age demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, as as well as you know, the hostile political environment and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, these are all 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 stressors that you know you, we could say is a paranormal cause. Sure, we can we can push that off into something else but there's a fun thing that i learned which is you know you can you can hyper focus on random things to avoid reality and maybe the reality is that there's some evil paranormal parasite that's collective that's you know messing with the world but um you know maybe it's not maybe it's just dealing with the issues day to day and focusing on trying to make a positive impact with what you're doing and trying to make positive choices and decisions to kind of counteract anything negative that's happening. Not to say that you can't feel feelings, but at the same time, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes the simplest way to fend off anything in the parasitic realm is to just be positive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Chain of yeah and I mean, as far as the farmers are concerned, too, um, the ones you know that follow generations. What I've noticed too is is a mo- most of these people, and the reason why they're they they're able to follow these um, th- these generations easily, without, you know, without being noticed or whatever, or, you know, any weird paranormal activity going on, is the fact that you know these people tend to have victim like you know personalities, you know, where they're because they're so used to things going wrong, they're negative, and then their children are programmed that way, and so they they go through life from day one feeling the same way, like they're they're gonna they're victim, yep. you know, everything's gonna go wrong, and so they're in a negative state, and then they have kids, and they program their kids that way. So the way I've, I've had to like fix these people's situation is to reprogram them, which is hard to do because it's they they've been in that state um, their whole life, you know. So you you really have to pull them out of that somehow and redirect them and reprogram their thinking you know so our thoughts and our emotions have everything to do with it like you guys said and um, we just, we got to change that in a better direction you know well what, one of the things before we leave Doug's question one of the things that, that just uh, it's always in the back of my mind and it is very very scary and it is the notion we've talked about before that maybe someone or something messed with us in the past to make us a sort of a cattle race, you know, programmed to feed these entities. And you think of the ancient stories of battles between the gods, uh, if you will, good and evil, you know, those who would harm us and those who would help us. And it just, it really just makes you wonder. I mean, I, I don't like to speculate too far, go too far with that, but uh, we're almost constructed. Mm. To the way our societies, the various um, uh, races that arose, we really still don't know quite why. Uh, yeah, genetic variations, things like that. But uh, the places where they arose, it was almost like set up to create problems, you know, because of of, of the 
narrow minds we have and the personalities. But it's that that's for another issue. But. As well as some of these religions too that are oh, all fear based. They're absolutely oh, yes. set up to pro- yep. program people in in, absolutely. in a way that would yep. you know feed these parasites. Yeah, all the all the the institutions that we put around us very often, you know, with a number of exceptions. I mean, I, you know, maybe I'm old fashioned, but I think America is is a place where the good tried to come through, you know, in in, uh, in us. And, yeah, there were issues, but I think the great thing about this country is that we we made terrible... Uh, there's been much greatness, but there have been great mistakes. Mm-hmm. But I think we tend to learn from those and get better. I mean, more, more can you ask? Right. <laughs> a lot of countries, they just sort of stick with what they had. But I, I don't know. That's me. I'm a veteran. Uh, whatever. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's move on to... Um, we have a question here from... Um, uh, Oh no! That well, that's. Why don't we? There's one here from our friend Peter. Right here. Oh, oh, you're okay. Ah, uh, yes. All right, uh, Peter in South America, who's a very faithful listener and uh, faithful questioner, sending very articulate questions as well. Ben, if you would. Sure. So Peter writes to us. Uh, Hi, Paul. Do you have any cases you can share of people receiving phone calls from strange, creepy, uh, perhaps robotic voices? Um, John Keel talked about such cases. The most interesting example I have found is the Gary Subrink case. Mm. Or Sudbrink, I'm sorry. Well, I'll start with that because the answer is yes. I have a few examples of that. The Subrink case was 1993. Uh, the fu- and I'm, I'm still kind of checking up. I'd like to see if he really existed, that he really was a captain in the Air Force. And there's no reason to believe he wasn't. But uh, I'd like to follow up on that. But uh, the story is that in 1993, he was uh, coming from his base in the west to Long Island, New York, to visit his family. And they started getting all these weird phone calls. Uh, some, of it, some of it was from a robotic voice, uh, as Peter uh, suggests. And uh, they were, uh, you know, it, it would be very repetitive. You know, are you really this person? Or how long are you going to be here before you go back to Texas? And that sort of thing. And this is really, really odd and strange. But my own experience with this uh, was, um, well, there, there were, well, there's one that stands out. Uh, in uh, 2003, people will recall the terrible, especially people in our listening area, will recall the terrible station uh, nightclub fire in West Warwick, Rhode Island. And 100 people died in this. And uh, the, the youngest victim was, um, uh, his name was O'Neill, Nicky O'Neill. And his parents, the next day, did not know what happened to him, okay? Uh, the, the whole state was in We all knew people who were involved in this. And, because the Island was very small. So, it was chaos the next day. And all of a sudden, uh, the, the, his mother's phone rang. And uh, it was, um, it said Nikki on the caller ID. And so they answered and there was nobody there. Uh, and then they later found out from the first responders that the phone had been destroyed in the fire hmm. the, the night before. So this was pretty weird. Okay, uh, we have had we had a show with with our good friends Bill Hall and Jimmy Pedanino, who had written a book uh, on fo- on this very subject. And uh, we it was a little frustrating because nobody could really explain how this could happen and Jimmy himself had had a few uh, examples of this happening to him uh, and it was this phone the all, all I can think of and Shane maybe you have maybe you have better ideas but is that there's, there are a lot of electronic energy uh, electromagnetic energy involved in paranormal events 
how we perceive them, how they might manifest in our world or whatever. And phones are about as electronic as you can get, especially the cell phones. But they used to come through on old analog phones too, back in my day, you know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I don't know. All I can think of is, um, you know, part of that parallel world overlaps where you have tremendous exp- expenditure of emotion in, in a situation like a fire or a terrible accident, explosion, or whatever. And um, there may be uh, maybe related to the visitation apparition where people will see, you know, a loved ones who are in trouble, and even if they're far, they're a great distance away. So what say you, Shane? Yeah, I mean, I haven't, not a lot of firsthand counsel. You know, you just, you're told this by people, so that's all I have to really go by um, as far as, like, lo- loved ones and stuff or, or people calling, like... Um, I knew this one person who, who I, I believe is telling the truth, and I, actually she had the cassette tape of it uh, because it was an old uh, voicemail um, recording. And a week, I think it was like a week after her brother, who she was very close with, had passed away, she got a message on her phone. She came home, had a message, and played it. And a lot of it she couldn't make out, but then clear came through was, I love you. And she says it was my brother's voice for sure. You know, there's no doubt in her mind. Um, you you remember back when um, you had that white van visit your home and said they were from the utility company or telephone company? Oh yeah, yeah, that that, yeah. Ha- that went on for a couple of years, not not lately. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, the first time you told me about it, in that time period for about a year, in the same time that that happened, to you, I was getting a lot of phone calls from like all zero 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 zero. Oh yeah, you mentioned yeah, I remember yeah, that. yeah. and yeah. other weird numbers that didn't make sense, um, and sometimes no numbers. It wouldn't even say unknown or nothing like that. Just, um, but I was getting a lot of phone calls with weird robotic in frequency sounds and. Hmm. Never could make out anything, but it was like somebody was talking in a robotic voice, but I could never make it out. Well, the thing that comes to mind is uh, the, the movie The Mothman Prophecies. Yes, yeah. Uh, where all where people were receiving, or particularly that reported, um, at John Keel. I mean, I think he's based on John Keel, but receiving strange electronic phone calls with weird robotic, not even voices, but, but uh, electromagnetic pulses and stuff. Even in his apartment in New York, because he was a New York journalist, who would go down to Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and that vicinity to cover the Mothman events, so-called, of the early of the mid 1960s, and he, this is what he reported anyway that he would receive calls like this, mm-hmm. and uh, you do hear of this kind of stuff, especially associated with Men in Black, right? Yeah. So as far as you know, now of course I think that in order to balance our thinking here, we need to point out that this is a time of electronic, and Ben, you can maybe speak to this. I was uh, just about to. Uh, <laughs> manipulation, and y- you can fake all kinds of stuff. So, Ben? Well, there's a really interesting phenomena. Uh, it's not a phenomena. It's it, any any audio person worth their salt will know what comb filtering is. So a comb filter um, is a process. Is, well, it's, it's just basically a, a type of processing for an audio signal that's basically a slightly delayed version of the original signal. And it creates kind of a, a robotic kind of voice because the because the signals are exact, they'll cancel out certain frequencies from each other, and it, it resembles a comb if you look at it on like a frequency spectrum, and um, or well, it's not the exact term, but you know what I mean. So it looks like a comb, like the sound waves look like a comb because it's just basically the signal repeated on top of itself. So you know, I've I've uh, there could be like an issue where you know maybe someone's phone's broken and they're calling you. 
and maybe there's like a signal that's crossed that's creating, you know, a, a second, you know, signal that comes through that basically cancels out some of the things, making their voice sound robotic, or, um, you know, there's all sorts of really easy ways to to basically simulate, oh, it's a robotic voice calling through the phone, because you could just, you know, mess around with, you know, the, uh, not the receiver, I forget what it's called, I'm, I'm trying to remember what how older phones were constructed, so you know someone could mess around with the phone itself, and so any vo- any voice that comes out can sound like you know a robot on the other end and mm-hmm. whatnot. So I mean it's it's not it's not improbable. Like like we were saying before, you don't want to get too crazy with this stuff mm. because you know there could be very plausible explanations. Absolutely, yeah. So so some of these could be fake, but whether all of them are faked is is a that's a, true. a problematic question. So yeah. that's probably about as as uh, good a job as we can do on that particular <laughs> question. So why don't we take our uh, bottom-of-the-hour break here. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 AM and FM in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. We'll be right back. Hi, Parrot Heads. This is Joe Callahan, your Mater D in the Tiki Bar every Tuesday night from 6 to 7. One full hour of nothing but Jimmy Buffett music. The Tiki Bar is brought to you by attorney Bob Lauder and by the Carew Investment Group. And welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 AM and 99.3 FM in New England's beautiful but very hot Blackstone River Valley. We're, we're here with our favorite guest co-host today, Shane Searway of TrueGhost.com. And we are dealing with questions from listeners uh, from our very intelligent audience and very incisive questions. So uh, let us um, go to some of our Facebook questions. And we have a rather... Um, uh, uh, Yasmin from Bradford, England, uh, sent a lengthy question, which we will deal with in bits. We might not get to the whole thing before the end of the show, but um, we'll, well try. let's try. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when and if you don't succeed, try and try again. So Yasmin writes to us, Hello, this is uh, an unsolicited message uh, that I do apologize for. If you could please hear no, not me. Not at all. People are very welcome to write it. Yeah. If you could if you could please hear me out, as I am not sure who to actually contact in regards to what is going on. I won't go into the full backstory of everything experienced unless you would like to know. Uh, I will start with the events that occurred three days ago and have been ongoing ever since. I was upstairs. Uh, my other half left for work. Uh, there is an alarm on the door that sounds when you enter and exit, and it chimes once. Uh, I heard another chime almost immediately, and I thought my other half forgot uh, something as I could hear my other half walking about. Uh, However, this is not the case. As I found out later, my partner left, and someone or something came in. I continued working on my computer upstairs uh, the the next minute or two. uh, In the next minute, two almighty bangs come from within the house. Uh, I went to check, and nothing is amiss. A few hours later, the exact same banging. Uh, I again uh, checked, and uh, my other half finished work, and I got a phone call, which always happens on the drive home. Uh, the exact same bangs, however, they seemed louder, but this could be, you know, just as my attention was diverted due to the call. Later that night, we both heard the exact same banging. Uh, on day two, I was in the house alone, upstairs on the computer, and I heard cutlery being uh, messed with. Uh, but I left it, and I ignored it. 
the exact same bangs from the previous day occurred a few hours later. My partner phoned again on the way home and more banging. However, my partner says there was interference on the phone uh, uh, when this was happening. Day three, today, um, this sa- this time, uh, both of us down are downstairs and it happens. We believe the origin to be the basement, uh, at least uh, the bangings anyway. Uh, about an hour ago, my partner's uh, workmates face- FaceTimed and the bags came almost immediately after they answered. Uh, I-, I banged my feet on the floor and it responded immediately to me. And this uh, was the t- this was my this was the first time I've done this, and uh, wanted to see if it was intelligent and conscious of me or and us or not. So I gather it was very aware. Uh, this there is also a previous part to this that makes me think that uh, we are dealing with what we are dealing with is in the area of your expertise. I just didn't want to put it uh, in as as it is already long and novel like, not in, in quality but length. Uh, I, need, <laughs> I, I need to fix what is going on. Uh, is there any way to stop this? Any any help would be appreciated. And I am and I again am sorry for messaging you like this. No, not at all, not at all. So just before I'm going to turn it over to Shane, but just before that I do that, I have asked uh, Yasmin to send uh, full details uh, on this. Okay, and uh, so we, we will. And this only happened yesterday, and I kind of moved it up in, in our stack of emails here because it sounds very interesting. Mm. So Shane, what uh, what do you think? Yeah, I've, I've dealt with this quite a bit. Um, the way this kind of went down for him, exact way, many, many times for other people. And I'm pretty sure I, I, I know what's going on. So this is um, this does happen quite a bit to people where where um, a lot of times they'll hear the door open, slam shut. They'll hear something walk through their house. But... Um, one I'd like to I would like to know if this if he witnessed a UFO recently too because there's another category that this might fall into um, where people have this activity after a UFO sighting in their home but mm. regardless um, I would I would I would guess that this is probably only going to happen for about two weeks and then I think it will die off as long as Yasmin, you you do not give it any attention. Don't interact with it. Don't stomp your feet to see if it stomps back. Don't do none of that. Don't talk to it. Don't interact with it at all. And I bet you anything, this thing will disappear in in maximum of about two weeks. So do don't let it frighten you, um, and do not communicate in any way, shape, or form. Um, just act like it's not there. Um, act like you hear nothing, and it will disappear. Um, you know, sometimes these things do pop in and they leave. Um, other times they pop in to see what they can get out of you, and by giving them attention is doing it the wrong way. You're you're playing right into its hands. So um, I'm guessing the type of of entity that you have in there is one that is just making a pit stop. And so as long as you don't do anything to keep it there, it will it will disappear in about two weeks. I would, that would be my strong guess on that one. Okay, I, I would tend to agree. And again, it's difficult to deal with these things at a distance such as this but we you know we can't exactly have the finance to sort of jump on our gulf stream and zip <laughs> over to to the UK or, or New Zealand where we have a lot of things going on I would love to yeah well yeah, yeah. well we are officially working at rentals from forest but i mean it's a um, but uh, Bradford um, we it's funny uh, our largest listenership for the 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 uh, recorded shows anyway is is not in the United States. It's in the UK, in Sheffield, the city of Sheffield. Oh wow! 
and why, I don't know why. I'm grateful for that. They're great, great folks. Uh, you know, and I'm, uh, half my family lives in England. So, uh, but I would say um, I would agree, Yasmin, with with what Shane said, and I would um, kind of uh, you know send us the details and uh, keep in touch on this. And but that would be the initial uh, at a distance sort of evaluation. So, all right. So, uh, okay, Ben is out doing the producer thing. So. Okay, we have a question from Rick uh, in Chicago, and uh, I've been doing a lot of reading and research on a particular area not far from my house in the southwest suburbs of Chicago. Uh, I think it may be a flap area like you were always talking about, and let me just just get into that and say the flap area, for those who don't know, is it's our term for a, an area that can be hundreds of square miles, but you've got uh, excessive amounts of paranormal phenomena going on that traditionally would not necessarily be related to each other, such as UFOs or Bigfoot or, or shadow people or the, a lot of hauntings or whatever. Um, things that, that uh, usually we, we think are related because of the processes involved uh, and, and that they uh, sometimes will work in tandem and, and this sort of thing. So it's a, it's, that's what a flap area is. Uh, I'm a complete layman when it comes to this, quoting again from Rick. But there was a famous cemetery called Resurrection Cemetery uh, with, uh, where there have been sightings of Resurrection Mary, a hitchhiking apparition that has been routinely spotted since the early 1930s. I've heard of that. Mm. That's in the literature. Okay, supposedly, and, and there are a number of these things. This is almost a, like a paranormal thing, like archetype. People will drive by and see, and it's an urban legend too, I think in some cases, mm-hmm. People will drive by and see uh, this poor waif by the side of the road, some young girl who, you know, was, uh, they offer her a ride, and halfway to where they're going, she disappears. And then she find, they find out the address she gave is where this girl lived who actually was killed and was buried in that cemetery. And, and you know, I take this stuff sometimes with a grain of salt, <laughs> maybe a pillar of salt. Uh, so, uh, okay, so we have the hitchhiking apparition. Uh, and Rick goes on, a lake called Maple Lake that has had a lot of drowning deaths. Okay, so that's nearby as well. And then, and this is interesting, the Argonne National Laboratory, which is surrounded by a quite a beautiful forest that is supposedly haunted. Uh, these three locations do not form a triangle, but they are in a straight line and surrounded by rivers and bodies of water. Now, these are all characteristics of flap areas, military presence of some kind, or at least something that seems like the military and lots of rivers and bodies of water lakes, ponds because why? because that, that, that those unless the water is distilled it will conduct electromagnetic energy which is relevant here uh, Rick goes on it is a very strange area lots of haunted bars and hotels well sometimes the bars will be haunted depending on how much you have to drink uh, <laughs> and apparently or of the largest mass one of the largest mass UFO sightings uh, happened in Tinley Park which is not, also not far away a large, uh, single large triangular-shaped craft was spotted over like six counties by citizens and police officers. I believe it may have happened in the 90s. Okay, and that's where he ends. But uh, I just uh, that's really not a question, but I thought I would point that out because uh, Rick is, I know, a faithful listener to the show, and he um, uh, is, um, I guess, sort of one of our uh, unofficial reporters out there, yeah. just uh, reporting the information. Out. But I would say, yeah, I mean, it's certainly from what you say, Rick, uh, has the characteristics of a flap area, and um, I think that's something we need to, um, you know, put on our list. Now we've already got, we're already working on six flap areas now. You know, uh, most of them in New England, but but Rendlesham in England and Texas and Kentucky. So 
whether we can reach as far west as Chicago, we shall see. We have friends out there urging us to come, so maybe that'll be a stimulus. But keep us posted on that, Rick. Very interesting. And um, also, um, we do point out that on our website, uh, behindtheparanormal.com, there is a, a is finally up there a form for people to fill it out online. It's rather involved, but it's worth it if it's if it's uh, going to provide information uh, on any paranormal event you may have experienced. Okay, whether it be UFOs, ghosts, uh, cryptids, or whatever, and uh, just look for the link in the in the thing, and it'll say report um, an encounter or report a paranormal experience, and and just click the link, and it'll take you right to the form, and uh, submit at the end, and we'll get it. Are they still having all the um, Mothman sightings in Chicago? They, they were having a yeah, it was. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I, I'm aware of one sighting where there were two such creatures seen. You know, large bat-like creatures uh, circling a marina, uh, presumably on Lake Michigan. So I think this is a uh, this is this is the thing right now. Uh, Mothman mm-hmm. in Chicago. So uh, we're, we're still collecting reports on that. Well, that that started. Our first reports came in in April of seventeen, and it was just enough time to get it into our 2017 book. Behind the Paranormal to Bigfoot, Mothman, and Monsters You Never Heard Of. So we have a little bit about the Chicago uh, Mothman sightings in right. there, but we're, we're continuing to follow that. Okay. All right. Ben is back. Okay. I am back. All right. Uh, we have, uh, oh, Kurt from Woonsocket has a ah, very brief Kurt. point here. So Kurt writes to us, you talk a lot about demons uh, being the label put on parasites. What is Angel the label for? <laughs> that's, a, that's actually, that, that's a very good question. It is a very good question. So All right, well, I'll start that since I've... Uh, you have uh, a little bit of experience with theology. Uh, yeah, theology. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm believing they don't teach you ray theology and simply as a study of angels. They don't teach you that as such as something you just sort of pick up as you go. Well, um, the uh, history of the, the idea of angels is very interesting. They're very prominent, uh, not only in the, the Bible, the Hebrew Bible and the Christian Bible, but in uh, the Quran as well. Uh, it's one of the pillars of belief of, of Islam is the angels. Don't forget the Zoroastrians. Oh, and the Zoroastrians too. Uh, really, everybody has some kind of equivalent to that. Uh, the devas in Asia, the uh, Buddhists and Hindus, are, uh, the devas are, mm. which means uh, devas translates the shining ones, oh. which is that n- that nifty word from uh, which is unique in any Semitic language. It was the first u- word used for God in, in the Bible, in the Hebrew Bible, El Ohim, which is a, extremely bizarre because it is a, uh, a a feminine root with a masculine plural ending. I mean, what is that? So there are a lot of people who be happy to tell you. So, uh, but the uh, the notion of angels, uh, angel simply uh, angelos Greek simply means messenger, and archangel simply means chief messenger. So. The, the three archangels that were, that were are named in, in the Bible are Raphael, uh, Michael, and Gabriel. Uh, Raphael is not very prominent in the New Testament, the Old Testament, but Gabriel, of course, the one who was said to have delivered the news of the Annunciation of the conception of Jesus to the Virgin Mary, and then Michael, the, the great defender of, of uh, the human race against parasites in our terminology, okay? Um, Michael is the one who uh, defeated in the war. Well, in, depending how you look at it, the, the war between Lucifer and the angels, or the wars of the gods, or whatever human term you want to put on whatever it was that happened in cosmic history. 
and um, angels essentially are um, messengers. That's really essentially it. Um, everyone, I think, has had experience of something miraculous happening, if you want to say that. Uh, I've often talked about the one I had when I was uh, in the Yukon in Canada in the line of duty in 1979, and uh, I was... Um, buried in uh, essentially an avalanche and the other members of my team were jumping up and down trying to get me out and uh, I felt a hand take my right hand pull me up out of 8 feet of snow it was powder at least and um, all of the first thing my, my buddies knew was that I, my head pops up over the snow there and uh, I, I, I felt as though I was going to die and, and I didn't so uh, I think a lot of people have stories like that and angels, I think, are meant to help us. So, now, what is that the label for? Well, we have encountered many, many different species. I uh, talk about this more than I ever have before in this book that's coming out next month. And uh, I think that it's our way of understanding those who would help us. I mean, a lot of us are decent folks. We help out at soup kitchens. We donate to charities. I think there are a lot of neighbors in the multiverse who maybe do the same thing. And that... I. And, for our narrow paradigm, we don't understand the multiverse or, or that we have neighbors like that. There's just a spirit world and a physical world. And we, we pin the name angels on it because they, they do what we perceive to be godly things and do good things. Shane? Yeah, I've, I've had my own several, quite a few experiences actually with um, what look like people that saved me actually from strong like bad bodily harm like or yeah. death you know um also voices that that also um helped me but one time um i could never explain this is back when i was in my early 20s i was pipe fitting and i was at a shipyard where we were um hauling a an old pump that was used uh, to drain the water out of the dry docks you know with the submarines going yeah, in portsmouth and, yeah portsmouth yes. yeah and so the 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 pumps were actually below the seafloor level, and so we were, we had this hatch up on top where we had this cable from a from a crane that was down in there raising up this big heavy pump. I'm talking like thousands of pounds, you know. And I was in between floors, and I was holding onto the cable, and I was trying to keep the pump from getting stuck on the ceiling up through each level that it went through not paying attention to anything else but that and there's a block that has pulleys that the the cable goes through my hand got sucked into that because i wasn't paying attention <coughs> and i felt the pressure and i looked and i was like ah like you know it, yeah and i started to twist my arm around and next thing i know i saw the cable pull off of my hand and i was in such shock i didn't even pull my hand out and it grabbed me again and then again as it started to suck me in the cable pulled off of my hand and i was able to release my hand there's no way that I mean it was just it probably would have ripped my arm off I mean yeah um, and but that was very very beside that things like that and then other times I've actually seen what looked like a human but saved me you know hmm. um, and I saw I just saw this video that was really cool too I really believe it's legitimate there's this guy that somewhere in the world he, he owned a shop or a store and he has a surveillance camera looking down on his front door but he's locking up for the night and as he's doing that, you could see him standing in front of the door, locking up. This gentleman is walking up towards him on the sidewalk, and just as he he got up to him, there was a, a utility vehicle com coming. This stranger that was walking up on him tapped him on the shoulder, and 
so he turned around to look to see who was there. And just as he turned, this utility vehicle had this long gate on the back that swung as he turned the corner, swung and would have took his head off, you know. Um, definitely would have hurt him, killed him. But And then he looked to, to you know, look for where the, the guy was gone. Like, you know, there was nowhere for him to have gone, but it was, it's, that was his angel, you know, for to well, him. Yeah, exactly. Well, well for uh, a long time I collected stories of uh, people who were marooned on the road and somebody would, would pull up in a, exactly the same car, get out, hand them exactly the part oh, they needed yeah. to fix the, the, the thing, and <laughs> see you later. I mean, well, I've heard about that. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of stories that uh, apparently were there. Ben, any thoughts on this? Uh, you know, no, I've I've never okay. I've never really been in, into that stuff. Uh, you didn't need it because you had your your older brother and i don't mean jonathan oh yes yes uh there th- this is very personal and close to my heart but uh, there was uh we had lost a child um way back in the 80s before either the other two were born and i know him as gregory and in parallel worlds he was born and uh, would be older would be uh, my oldest son now and um i always felt I knew he was there protecting you. And I, now, having seen how your life is unfolding, I can see why. Because um, you're a very special person. <laughs> and he would be there by your bed. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, it's a, it's a happy thing, you know. And um, I don't know, I, that, that's really all I can say about it. But Gregory is, is present in our life. Mm. And people will very often meet my wife and I and say, oh, you have three children, don't you? And we, we actually just have you and your brother. But so there it is. That's just just a, th- a thought. One other thing: uh, the the movies, uh, the the prophecy series, not not the Mothman prophecy, the uh, prophecy series, which well, was with Christopher not, Walken. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Christopher Walken was probably, uh, in my opinion, the coolest person who ever lived. Uh, is uh, features in at least the first one of those, and it's v- very interesting storylines of the war between the angels and the demons, right? And um, the, the uh, it's very it's naive you know it's shallow it's folks folksy but nevertheless I think they're good stories but the question is you know the, the guys with wings you know all of a sudden the guy has wings and he's you know he's an angel you know I think that that that's a, that's an art motif that comes on and, and anything that goes on or comes and goes from the sky artists would generally especially in the ancient world would portray it as having wings. And there are a lot of other things that have wings in ancient art. The, the lions of the Assyrians and things of this mm. this kind, the Egyptians. Well, there was also how angels were described in the Old Testament as having many faces. and Well, certain certain species of angels. Remember yeah. that we were talking about species of, of parasites? Well, there's species of angels, too. The cherubim, the seraphim. Uh, as a matter of fact, in the Orthodox liturgy, they're actually named one by one. Yes. And archangels, you know, and, and it's... Um, uh, it's funny in the exorcism prayer of the Ro- in the Roman Catholic Church that we used in that hospital. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, the, the, all the orders of blessed spirits. What are they? You know, nobody ever told us this. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you know, Why about, do they have orders? Are they? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very. We're, we seem to be dealing with, with with very complex societies and civilizations on both sides of the angel, demon. Um, Good guy, bad guy, you know, parasite. Well, there's of, this, kind of this really interesting conflict. idea. Um, I don't. I, in 
in some some ancient Eastern religions, they be, they believed that there was like a, a celestial a celestial bureaucracy. Yeah. That like it probably is. Yeah, uh, Confucianists were really big into that idea that there were all these really complex sort of you know rituals you needed to do, and like really like like heaven wasn't heaven being like a very broad term. It had they had a, they referred to heaven as like a like a being, like a like a like something like we would refer to God, but they would just call it heaven. Um, but they had a different word for it. But it, it ended up like the idea of heaven kind of started becoming more like, oh well, it's this big ordered machine kind of thing, and there's different kind of like spirits and demons that kind of run all of it. Um, yeah, that, that's an old idea. And that you gotta that like you know they, they basically you know you, each there's like different like orders of of demons and angels for lack of better words that kind of run things. And it, it it's an idea that's kind of fun to think about, but maybe, maybe it's reality. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, th- there's a term in theology, anthropomorphism. You know, you take take human traits and put it on God. Yeah. So he's, you know, that's why so many people think he's an old man in the sky with a big white beard. I mean, this is ludicrous. Uh, but it's the same thing is done with angels and, and demons and whatever. It was, we we uh, anthropomorphize them. Yeah, that make them like people you can, with the same motivations and everything. You can kind of blame not, the Renaissance for that one. Well, yeah, probably, but I don't really think that's valid. But in any case, whatever it is, I think the uh, those who um, are not feeding upon us are either neutral. I'm talking those being the neighbors on the multiverse are either neutral or or beneficial. Yeah, just as we are to each other, or or, or can be to them. So as I would say, I, I definitely know that there's good and bad. So if you want to call them angels and demons or whatever. But the what they are and their origin, I think, is is much different than what's classically believed. I think yeah, it's yeah. I think it's much different than what people um, believe they are. Oh yeah, very true, very true. Every day is the first day of school. Yep, that's true. Okay, we're almost out of time. Shane, uh, tell us about your website, which is being spiffed up, and uh, what else? What else you're doing? Uh, as far as where can people can find out more and, and where you're speaking this fall? Yeah, trugos.com. Um, all my contact information is there. And as far as my my speaking schedule is uh, very light this year. I think I'm only booked for one or two, two, two conferences so far for this year. So um, one is going to be, I believe, the Western Connecticut um, UFO oh, conference. Oh, Danbury, yes. Yeah, in Danbury. Yeah, and then totally, yeah. also, or oh, no, maybe this one. When is the... Um, uh, the one in Maine. Oh, that's going to be April. April. Oh, so next year. Okay. Next so, year, yeah. So I got one this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- th- that is that is uh, absolutely wrong. Yeah. You should be at all of these. Yeah. So yeah, that's w- the New England Parafest in Cary, right. Maine in April. Yeah. Yeah, it was it, last year. Yeah, it I would did be there, too. Yeah. So many. I, w- I did so many conferences and stuff last year. You know, it was like I was doing a tour, and then this year, I guess, I get to take a break. So it's okay. Yeah, maybe it's like a welcome break. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, believe me, that, that, that's going to be because we're going to be with this new book. We're going to be going nuts here coming out. But yeah, we got a lot of stuff. So okay, well, why don't we get to our uh, announcements? And uh, if I can find my script among all this stuff, sure. All right. Uh, so we are. Uh, yeah, go ahead. You good? So yeah. we're still working on restoring uh, the 11 plus years of recorded shows after a serious cyber attack on our website. Uh, so we're back to most of 2011 at this point, um, and we know a lot of people uh, like to listen to those. So thank you for your patience. You can also hear our recorded shows 
they're gradually being uploaded to most podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. So if you want to check out our YouTube channel, uh, which will cycle through all our videos and sort of a playlist so you can hear a bunch of them in a row if you fall asleep and just keep listening to them, <laughs> feel, feel free to do that. Very good. Yeah, we're out there now more than we ever were. And funny, when we put the uh, the, the, the notes next to the podcast that you're in, the shows that you're in, we always put TrueGhost.com in, in parentheses. Oh, nice. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, you should be getting uh, 8, 10, 20 million people. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I'm sorry that we already have listeners in 20 countries on that, who, who are many who I know listen live on, on other apps. Anyway, um, meanwhile, I want to thank uh, Abby Porter and the great folks at the Linfield Mass Public Library, where I spoke to with a standing room only audience last Tuesday on the subject of bizarre UFO encounters in Massachusetts and beyond. And I should mention that Steve Sacklarius, who came all the way from Portland, Maine, uh, t- to give me a hand there, he came early, we had a chance to talk, and he's going to be on next week's show oh, nice. on the subject of reincarnation. Mm. So there we go. A fascinating subject. Yes. So on Tuesday, August 6th at uh, 7 p.m., we will be at the Nashua Public Library in Nashua, New Hampshire, to present a program entitled Extreme UFO Encounters in New Hampshire and Beyond. And then right after that, on Saturday, August 17th at 2 p.m., we will be at the Haverhill Public Library in Haverhill, Massachusetts, to present on Extreme UFO Encounters in Massachusetts and Beyond. And Shane, you you can set up a more schedule here by... by Making cameos at these things because yeah. <laughs> this is your domain up there, and, and you're welcome to join the program anytime. You're, you're invaluable contribution. You'll be our special guest. Yeah. Yes, uh, my book, Dancing Past the Graveyard: Poltergeists, Parasites, Parallel Worlds, and God, will be released on August 28th, and will be in stores after that, and will feature at our fall events. It's available for pre-order now on Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, and the rest. Uh, the official release event will take place uh, with our good friends at the. Uh, Toadstool Bookshop in Keene, New Hampshire on Saturday, September 21st, beginning at 2 p.m. And I think I burned up the time here. We better get right on. So, um, If you want to find out more about these events, you can check out our events page at BehindTheParanormal.com. Absolutely. So, Ben, what do we have for next week? So, next week, uh, we will be having on a rare show about reincarnation with researcher Stephen Saclarios. Yes, uh, we leave it this afternoon with a quote from the 13th century Persian scholar and theologian, Rumi. I love this guy. Your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. I'm Paul Eno. Oh, we still got a couple seconds. All right. Well, <laughs> how are you doing, Ben? I'm great. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. I, I, I'll never get used to this clock. Well, anyway. I mean, you know, just count up. So we'll. Right. So I'm well, I am ben Paul Eno, despite the arguments. And I'm Ben Eno. And I'm Shane Stairway. Thanks for joining us on our great cro- cosmic journey, and we'll see you behind the paranormal. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.